Hey, what's up, guys? It's Adam, your friendly neighborhood music man, and we're here to talk about The Mummy. Yeah, the 1999 one, the good one. Uh, uh, we got the 20-year anniversary coming up in May, which uh, that's pretty pretty cool. I mean, it's crazy that it's been that long, you know, to be honest. Uh, obviously, this is based on the 1932 classic with a similar plot, uh, similar names, you know, Imhotep and uh, Hamanaptra and Yeseti the first, all the, the same type of lore, uh, essentially, but uh, different surrounding characters. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, I've always loved this movie. This is always, I mean, when it came out, I was 10 years old. So, you know, in that sense, it was very um, nostalgic, I guess, for me. But, but even then, I've rewatched it a lot recently. Now, for me, one of the biggest elements is the score by Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, it's funny because my whole childhood, I just I loved watching this movie and, and listening to the score, and I didn't really understand and put two and two together. You know, Jerry Goldsmith, he's uh, he's done Planet of the Apes, the Star Trek series, uh, Hoosiers, which is kind of more of his kind of different scores. Um, I'm actually working on a cover for that, which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, now The Mummy. Uh, tons of other stuff, you know, Air Force One. There's the, it's, it, he's like John Williams in the sense where he's, he's done more themes and more amazing musical scores than you can count. Honestly, I was pleasantly surprised that, uh, recently I went to Universal Studios, Hollywood, uh, cause we just, uh, just moved here to California, to Los Angeles a couple months ago. And we finally got out to Universal and it did not disappoint. It was so much fun. Uh, the only thing we didn't get a chance to do actually was the Harry Potter stuff and the Simpsons ride and like um, the special effects and some some of those shows. But it, we, you know, it was our first first time and we really or first time in a while. Uh, I actually grew up in Orlando and went to that one a lot. Anyways, I'm really happy to say that the Jerry Goldsmith score from the 1999 Mummy uh, was part of the the ride, part of the ride, part of the the pre ride. You know, the waiting in line, uh, all, all of the props were from the 1999 movie it's it's really just kind of it's funny how they they realize that after you know the recent flop the tom cruise mummy that they obviously you know they have a they have a franchise here that it's still kind of it's kind of like if they tried to reboot you know, um, one of the other classic rides like like E.T. I mean, I guess they're kind of doing that with Jurassic Park successfully because right now they're also redoing the Jurassic Park ride to essentially be Jurassic World in like aesthetics. You know, the, the ride structure and the ride, uh, like how the ride actually moves and everything is pretty much going to be the same, the track and all that stuff. But it's the surroundings uh, that are going to be transformed more into Jurassic World look it's not the jurassic park version that we have now or that we had uh, now it's going to be the jurassic world version so uh, you know that's that's fine that's cool i mean i don't really care i i obviously prefer you know the original three films preferably the the first two i mean uh, we're getting into a jurassic park rant now but whatever this is a universal discussion um all these universal properties so i you know when i was in the mummy ride just to go back to that uh, it was amazing. It was the the probably the coolest ride that I've been on in a, a long time. I mean, we we also we saw you know we did the Transformers ride. Uh, we did a couple other of the, uh, the the Universal you know tour ride, all that kind of stuff. But the Mummy ride it actually was the one that replaced ET. 
So here's an interesting story about the E.T. ride. Okay, so we replaced it. Actually, the mummy was what replaced it in uh, Universal Hollywood. So then they... But it took them a while before they were actually going to... Uh, tell Steven Spielberg because it was like his kind of pet, not his pet project, but it was his, it was his thing. You know, it was like, it was kind of like the Jurassic park, Jurassic world kind of thing. It's something that he kind of helped engineer and back to the Jurassic park thing. It's kind of cool that he actually, while he was making the movie, the book was being written and the ride was being developed at the same time with his input. So uh, he actually had a big part in a lot of these rides at universal because he's, you know, him and Amblin, they're huge with a lot of the rides. Obviously, a lot more in the past with Back to the Future and E.T. and all that. But anyways, kind of going back to the E.T. thing, it's crazy because he actually, with the Orlando location, threatened to cut all ties with Universal if they got rid of it. Because that was the, the final one, you know, the final, the only one left of the E.T. ride. And he's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. You guys are... No, you're crazy. Because um, <laughs> originally the uh, the Hollywood Universal was actually really scared to tell him in fear of that same thing, that he was going to cut ties. So it's kind of like they were like, okay, well, that's cool. And then so they kind of tested him with a Singapore one. And then when they come to Orlando, they're like, eh, we might close. He's like, no, don't even go there. Just <laughs> you're, you're out of your mind because I, I let you guys close the other ones down, but we're not closing all of them down. So anyways... That's kind of the the history of the the mummy ride. We're getting really deep here into the mummy uh, lore, <laughs> but uh, I haven't even mentioned the name Brendan Fraser or Rachel Weitz, but just did right there. So there you go. It's kind of cool because the Orlando version of the mummy actually has it's kind of more of a sequel to the movie. It's kind of like you have the character Rick O'Connell is actually walking around talking to people. You know, it's kind of you know, it's a different kind of vibe than the one in Hollywood. And so that, that's kind of interesting too, how each park seems to have their own unique versions of each ride. Um, and then also in terms of how a lot of the rides you would, as you walk out, you're walking through, you know, a souvenir shop with all the stuff. You know, I remember doing that a lot as a kid in Orlando, but the time I went recently in Hollywood, it was crazy because we actually did not have that happen very much. There was very few moments where we walk out of a ride and there's like, you know, souvenirs from that ride, like around, I mean, it, you know, it's kind of crazy. I'm, I'm surprised that they're not doing that. Cause that's see, it's kind of like all of a sudden if they just took away commercials, you know, to me, it seems like extra revenue that you're just get you're just blowing. You're not, ha- you're not, you're not even going to get that revenue. But I mean, cause I mean, I don't know for me personally, when I would go through those, you know, I'd finish the Terminator ride and walk through and like, there was all this Terminator stuff. I'm like, ah, I have to get something, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, because it's like you go, you've seen the movie, you go through the ride, then you have the chance to kind of buy something to remember everything by. And it's like, it's genius. It's great. I mean, that's my, like, I'm the perfect target market for that. And <laughs> it was kind of disappointing recently when we went and there really wasn't a lot. It's kind of, you literally just go to a bunch of souvenir shops, but there isn't really a souvenir shop for specific rides on the exit of those rides. Anyways, big tangent we've gone on here about the uh, the rides, but I was just glad to see Jerry Goldsmith's uh, music playing through it while I was in line. I was like, I don't even care that I'm waiting in line for like 40, 50 minutes, you know? Like, I mean, obviously that's not even really a long wait time, but <laughs> for, you know, some seasons. But the fact that, you know, that that's always been my favorite part, I think, of theme parks and stuff is having the John Williams music or the, you know, the Jerry Goldsmith music or something in the background, 
you know, having that music kind of keeps me really in the in the fantasy of it all, you know, the, the movie magic. So a little bit more history about this film. Uh, it was originally supposed to be a $10 million budget, but Universal really loved Stephen Sommer's first 18-page treatment of the script, so they increased the budget to $80 million. So that's why you got a lot more of the, probably at the end with Imhotep's army, um, a lot more visual effects they could use throughout the film, you know, during the plague and uh, just tons of stuff. I mean, the $10 million, like, what What were they going to do with $10 million? Like, <laughs> it would have looked awful. It would have been like, you know, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. I feel like that's kind of how much that budget was. But you know what I mean? There's just like, what are you going to do with $10 million? I guess if you're going to go for more of just the, the more kind of minimalistic less characters, less explosions, you know, not, but if you're going to do what they did with this action adventure, comedy horror genre, which uh, let me just say they do all of, all of those perfectly. The action adventure check, the horror check, the comedy check. I mean, they really got all of those elements completely put together in this movie. And I think that's, that's the, that's the element that we're missing in like the new one or, I mean, even in the sequel, Mummy Returns, I think, was actually... I'm not really going to talk about that one too much in this review, because this is kind of more about the original Mummy, because to me, that that one just... It's just better, I mean, than all of them. I mean, uh, obviously, they kind of get worse when you're in Scorpion King 4. <laughs> Scorpion King 4? Really? They have four of those? Yeah, I, I read that on IMDb the other day. But essentially, I, I think... I'll say one more thing about The Mummy Returns. I like that Alan Silvestri came and did the score for this one. I think it that helped elevate it a little bit. There's still it still did not capture me the way that the Jerry Goldsmith one did. And also too, I felt like a lot of the characters were just kind of forced into that movie. You know, it was kind of like like it didn't I don't know. There was like this moment, uh, you know, if you, if you haven't if you haven't seen it, well, why are you watching this? But <laughs> There's a moment where Evie dies, and then she she has to be resurrected. And to me, that that whole moment, that that part just plays out. Just it doesn't work for me. It just it feels really really forced and really weird. And also the fact that she's connected to an ox on the moon, it just doesn't make sense. Like it's really weird. They're flying around in a hot air balloon half the time. I don't know. The 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 parts I remember about that movie was the part I just told you about uh, with Evie. Um, their little annoying kid when the mummy's doing the the tidal wave within the rocks. That part's cool. I like that. And the part where they're on the double decker bus. Yes, that part's cool. So other than that, it's just kind of to me. I, I could go without ever seeing that again. But the original mummy. That's one I'll just I'll always want to have on Blu-ray. Have on whatever the next format is. Which, by the way, side note. Samsung announced that they're no longer, which is the number one Blu-ray manufacturer, announced that they're no longer creating Blu-ray players. They're no longer going to manufacture them. So, great. Okay. <laughs> I guess I got to reconfigure my library once more. Because uh, <laughs> I, I am a physical media guy. I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of great stuff on streaming, and there's a lot of great ways to kind of have the digital copies of stuff. But they don't have the special features. Uh, they don't look as good. I don't know. It's kind of crazy because I feel like, Overnight, Laserdisc was replaced by DVDs, and I hope that doesn't happen with uh, with Blu-ray. Like, I hope there's not some brand new format that doesn't play on any Blu-rays or anything like that. You know. Anyways, <laughs> another side tangent. But basically, this Mummy movie was just so well put together, and it, it, I feel like it just had such good chemistry between the main leads, 
Um, all the leads, the bad guys were really cool. They were funny. You know, they kind of had their, you know, like, like the, the American guys that were just kind of like know-it-alls and, you know, just kind of like, yeah, we're cool. And, you know, they got those kind of guys were, were <laughs> it's the kind of people you need in that kind of movie. You need some people that, you know, when they die, it's kind of, eh, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to watch. Then there's a few that you want to feel, feel sorry for. Like the guy who loses his eyes and his tongue and stuff. You're like. I like the part when he like drops his tea and Benny Benny's like, Oh, it's okay. You know, (laughs) uh, man. So there were actually a lot of production issues on this. Um, venomous snakes, sandstorms and Brendan Fraser actually, he was actually hung. They actually hung him. Uh, he passed off for 18 seconds because they used the real noose, which I don't know why that was available, why that was made. Um, but anyways, yeah, so he, with that scene when he's hanging, uh, that's actually him being hung. Actually, I don't know if that is that the the scene, but there was a point where they were filming and he was doing that, and he actually like was being choked. So that's oof. ironically the role of Rick O'Connell was uh, originally offered to Tom Cruise. So I, I guess this time around he had a little more free time, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. But it's a really a shame that he ended up doing it this time around because you know, I mean, at the same time, I think this movie is. This is Brendan Fraser's movie. Like, you know, he's had a lot of good movies, you know, that came out over the years and that, you know, he could say he's put his stamp on, his name on. But this is really his, like, iconic role. If you have to pick uh, Brendan Fraser, what do you know him from? The Mummy. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, uh, sure, George of the Jungle, I guess. Like, you know what, Extraordinary Measures with Harrison Ford. Like, I mean, it's really, this is his role. Tom Cruise, he's got plenty of roles. Give me a break. He's got plenty of franchises. I mean, he's already part of, you know, Mission Impossible is like one of the biggest franchises of all time. Uh, Come on. You know what I mean? It's like, so Tom Cruise didn't really need this uh, to be better than the original. So I'm kind of glad that we still have the original with that classic feel to it. Um, I mean, it's a shame that the new one didn't work out, but something about the... There's just a lovability about this movie. It's it's the combination of the score, the acting, the the script. I mean, you know, the it's really well put together. I like the I like the plot. I like how it moves. I like the pacing of it. Um, the ten plagues that that the mummy can you know unleash on everybody. It's pretty cool, pretty cool to watch. And uh, it's crazy because it has a fifty percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a seventy five percent audience score. Um, which I mean, the audience score, that makes sense, but man, it's crazy. Cause the critics didn't really like it. And, uh, I, I guess that makes sense. I mean, but does it, you know, like, cause if you look at it from like a story perspective, a character, you know, acting cinematography, just everything, it's, it's a well-made movie. I mean, yeah, there's a, I guess if it, some critics might've found it maybe too, too much humor. Uh, but to me, I think it's the perfect mixture like i said of action adventure with comedy and horror it's awesome it's great just my opinion but you know i think the next one the mummy returns was 38 percent or something and then or maybe even less and then after that it just keeps going lower and lower <laughs> obviously i think it's like 17 percent for the emperor's tomb uh i actually did try to rewatch that the other day and i was just like ah ugh, it's bad like if you try to rewatch that Good luck because <laughs> it's not good. There's, I mean, there's no redeeming qualities from the first one at all. 
I do feel like Jurassic Park 3 is much, much better than The Mummy 3. Um, <laughs> because, you know what I mean? You have that those couple, those one or two main characters, and then you have, like, a few other replacements, and then you have a few other, like, you know, bad CGI moments, and just not good. And the plot itself just feels forced. So just remember, this is on Netflix, so you can check it out. Uh, go watch it. Go reminisce. Uh, yeah, go check it out. I think think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what you see. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just, it's one of those movies that you kind of, you go back and rewatch and it's better than you remember. This is one of those franchises that it's coming up on 20 years. Honestly, if you're asking me, I feel like, okay, this, this most recent one did not work. So they obviously have to go a whole new direction with it. I personally think they need to just have like, not a fourth mummy, but get back the main crew together and have them deal one more time with like with Imhotep, get all the, all the old cast, you know, some of the same crew, you know, get Steven Somers back there, get, you know, obviously you can't get Jerry Goldsmith, unfortunately, uh, but Alan Silvestri could definitely come back and maybe take themes from the first two movies and, you know, and reinvigorate this franchise back to what it was before. Pull a force awakens, you know, pull a Jurassic world, you're at the point now where these actors aren't that old. I mean, they're really not. So you could still technically quote unquote pass the torch if you needed to, but you know, I mean, look at Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is doing the same thing now. And I, it's just, it only makes sense. I think to keep, you know, because the problem was they were trying to do that before, but every movie was losing quality. Every movie was losing some element of heart and, and, ingenuity from that first movie you know the way it was crafted the story uh how everything flowed uh you know and it's very similar to jurassic park and the new the new all the new movies and all the sequels it's kind of the same way you know but i feel like there's a chance if you're gonna do it do it now 20 year anniversary uh you still have the ride up i mean that's one of your most popular rides uh, you know it is i mean technically speaking i think for universal hollywood at least it's one of their most popular rides. And I just feel like, okay, this other one didn't work for you. You either got to double down on this new one and go for it and do a really good job with it. Or you go back to the drawing board and, but not only go back to the drawing board, go back to the drawing board you had in 1998, 97 and start working on, you know, this, this older franchise that you could reinvigorate and get, get going again with some, maybe some fresh blood, but also bring back that old cast, you know, have the mummy come back as an older Imhotep and they have to deal with it. They're living their life. You could probably recon the third one, I'm sure. And that way it doesn't ruin the continuity of not having Rachel Weiss there in uh, the third one, which was so out of place. I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't do this. So essentially, I really just think they need to reboot it with some of the old cast Let's move on with the plot, but maybe let's go back to the basics in terms of like this type of score you have and maybe the the way it looks. You know, it doesn't have to be all gray and black, you know? I mean, my God, the last, like, the one from a couple years ago just looked like some gray nothingness. Like, it, I don't, I, I can't. All right, well, thanks, guys, for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, kind of retrospective of The Mummy and it inspires you to watch it and, you know, let me know what you think. Uh, connect with me on social media, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at MusicMan, M-U-Z-I-K-M-4-N. I know it sounds like a weird password, but nope, that's my name. 
my, not my actual name, but my brand name. So, yeah, if you want to connect with me, go ahead and uh, do that on there, and I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks a lot. I'm Adam, your friendly neighborhood music man. Have a good one. <laughs>